What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. I hope everyone's having a great day and a great week. I wanted to start off by talking about something that I was thinking about earlier today at the gym, but also that I feel like has been such a theme for me personally and also low-key here and there in my podcasts and videos over the past year or so. And that is trusting your intuition, especially in this case when it comes to dating, relationships, friendships. I feel like it's definitely that time of year if you're single where, you know, you want to boo. Maybe you feel that during the holidays, but I feel like for me, the holidays has always been more about my family. This time of year can, I feel like for a lot of people, be almost a dark time of year because the thrill of the holidays are over, but we're still in winter. Sometimes feels like it's so far until we're gonna see like daylight again. And I feel like with that, again, especially if you are single, but I feel like even just in general, you can definitely experience loneliness. You start thinking about maybe people you used to talk to, people you used to date. And I have definitely had the thought here and there like, oh, maybe they weren't that bad. Or like, oh, maybe I was just like being dramatic at the time. No, 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 no. I would not stop talking to someone who was truly, I feel like the right fit for me, whether that be romantically or platonically. I know myself well enough to know that if a connection was truly meant to be or truly healthy or, you know, truly like sparked something in me, I wouldn't have let it go. Now, this can be maybe a fine line to walk for some because there is also the whole thing of, you know, self-sabotage and sometimes you're so used to chaos and unhealthy relationships or friendships that when you finally are presented with a really healthy opportunity for one, you know, you, sorry to say, ruin it because it feels so unfamiliar and maybe even boring. So definitely know yourself and I feel like that is why self-study and self-knowledge is so important. But for me, I feel like I'm at a place now where I really trust myself. Like I know how it feels to be around someone who is truly like a good friend or is going to be someone good to date. So when I was thinking about this, I thought of, you know, a friendship I have where I really, you know, this is one of my best friends. I really love this person. I feel like they have my back. I could tell them anything. I can be my complete self around them. And then I think about, you know, oh, maybe this guy I kind of talked to last year, but I cut it off because I could tell, I don't know, maybe he was emotionally mature or maybe, you know, had some red flags here and there. Did I feel the same way with that guy? No. And not saying you have to feel the exact same in every relationship or even every friendship, but I feel like there's basic principles of respect and trust. And I feel like so often we overlook that when dating, especially men. If you're dating someone and they're they're doing something fucked up, like maybe they're not answering your texts quick enough, even though maybe you've told them, hey, can you just like let me know what's going on? Can you be a little more communicative? Maybe they never post you and it's like to the point where it's kind of weird. Like, are you hiding me? And then it's like, think about if one of your best friends was doing that. Probably you can't even imagine them ever doing that to you. You know what I mean? You wouldn't tolerate that in a friendship, you know? So I think it just comes down to self Again, self-knowledge, but also self-trust. And like I've told you guys, your first impression of someone really does say a lot. And that's just like your first almost like bodily reaction to them. When I think of friendships that didn't work out or guys I dated or maybe talked to for a little bit that it didn't end up going anywhere, I can always think back to when I first met them or my first kind of impression of them. And it's pretty much exactly what my last impression of them was. You know, whether that be, oh, they're kind of emotionally mature, they're really self-involved, they're really uncommunicative. And so I also want to 
remind you guys, trust yourself. You know, a guy maybe that's been DMing you for two years and you've never given him a chance, trust your intuition on that. You know, I feel like at this point, if this was really someone worth your time, you would have felt that by now. So don't try to talk yourself into like, oh, they're not really that bad. Maybe I'll give them a chance just because you're lonely, okay? Use this time of year, this lonely time of year. Really, this can happen obviously at any time of year, but use it for self-growth, self-introspection, nourishing your friendships, spending time with family if possible. Of course, spending time on yourself. You know, this is really the time of year that's so important for laying the foundation of your goals. And that does not have to look like, oh my God, grind mode, like I'm so busy all the time, I'm doing huge things, I'm making huge steps all the time. That can look like, hey, I'm just focusing on me right now. I know for myself, that can look like I'm gonna get up, do some work, eat breakfast, go to the gym, come back, take a nap, get some more work done, hang out with my family, watch a show, go to sleep, you know? I'm not doing huge, crazy things every day, but most of the tasks in my day-to-day -day life are supporting me and my goals, my body, my health. That's just where I'm at right now, you know? So I just really wanted to reiterate that to you guys. I hope that's helpful. But yeah, trust your intuition. And I do think it's low-key a good exercise if you kind of are like, what does my intuition even feel like? Low-key, like make a list of, I don't know, maybe people you dated where it didn't work out, friendships that you had a falling out with, and just kind of think back, like what was my first impression of this person? What are my earliest memories with them? Obviously, this is not gonna be applicable in all situations. Sometimes a relationship doesn't work out because it doesn't work out. Sometimes it's our fault, you know, to a degree. Sometimes our personalities just aren't a match. But I feel like in general, you can tell a lot just from your first like almost bodily reaction to someone. Don't give someone a chance just because you're feeling a little lonely. Also, this has been on my mind as I've been reading or at this point finished the book Bittersweet by Susan Cain. The last part of the book is about mortality and grief and sorrow, life isn't permanent. And she was talking about how actually when people get older, they tend to have a more positive outlook on life and they accept feelings of, you know, things like poignancy. Younger people kind of think like, oh, like that's for later. Like I'm focusing on having more experiences and expanding. And when you're older, you tend to just want to appreciate, you know, the relationships that you have, the friendships that you have and what is already, you know, you're not really looking to expand. You're looking to just like enjoy. And that reminded me of a quote, go deep, not wide, growing from the community and the relationships that you already have rather than expanding, you know, oh, I need to make connections with different people. It's like, what can I do with what I have now? Especially with social media, there is this pressure and just capitalism, bro. There's always this pressure to like grow and expand. I need to do more. I need to meet more people, make more connections, travel more, 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 grow my business. But there is definitely a lot to be said for appreciating what you have now, almost like using the resources you have now. That brings me to one of the main topics I want to discuss today. I saw this article from The Cut actually on Tumblr, but this article is actually from 2018 and it's titled, I'm broke and mostly friendless and I've wasted my whole life. This is actually from an advice column on there called Ask Polly. So someone wrote in basically describing how they used to consider themselves creative. I think they went through a divorce. Oh, I feel like my youth is over. I'm drinking too much. And the last kind of paragraph of the ask or of the story is, I used to think I was the one who had it all figured out. Adventurous life in the city, traveling the world, making memories. Now I feel incredibly hollow and foolish. How can I make a future for myself that I can get excited about out of these wasted years? And the answer to this was so amazing. I just have to share it with you guys. We have to talk about this. So Polly starts off by talking about how art isn't something that you need 
She says, an outside license or a paycheck to pursue, it's a way of life. It's a way of adding up what you feel and where you've been and what you fear and what you can imagine. It's a way of seeing your life through a lens that makes everything valuable. Shame is the opposite of art. When you live inside your shame, everything you see is inadequate and embarrassing. And then she talks about like, oh, you've done all these amazing things, like traveled the world, made friends all over, but because you're living in this shame, all you can focus on is I'm getting old, my body's aging, my time's running out, I need a partner. Shame turns every emotion into the manifestation of some personality flaw. Shame means that you've accomplished nothing and it's all downhill from here. You need to discard some of this shame you're carrying around all the time. And then she says, when you're curious about your shame instead of afraid of it, you can see the true texture of the day and the richness of the moment with all of its flaws. You can take the feeling and keep it company instead of letting it eat you alive. Instead of running from the truth, you welcome it in. You don't treat what you have as pointless. You work with what you have. See how everything I always talk about comes together? Like... What was I just saying? When I'm feeling ashamed and sick inside, I have to stand outside of that feeling and examine it and treat it like a fascinating artifact, something useful, something to build from. And this, I love this. She says, when you carry around a suspicion that there's something sort of embarrassing or pathetic about you, you find ways to project that shame onto completely innocuous things. You find ways to tell yourself that everyone is laughing at you behind your back. You're too old now. You're no longer exciting or important. You don't matter. You never really did. Shame creates imaginary worlds inside your head. No one else can see it, so you keep trying to describe it to them. You find ways to say, and not literally say, but almost like show people, you don't want any part of this mess. I'm mediocre. I'm poor. I'm aging. Do yourself a favor and leave me behind. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time to step into the light and be seen. Shame and wrinkles and failures and fears and all. And then she talks about how this concept that this person has of themselves isn't even from themselves. It's from like a rom-com. Oh my god, I'm 35. I'm getting old. I have no partner, you know? Like that is all kind of made up by society. Choose the life that you want. Learn to treat yourself the way a loving older parent would. Tell yourself, this reckoning serves a purpose. Your traveling served a purpose. Your moving served a purpose. You're sitting on a pile of gold that you earned through your own hard work. You just can't see it yet. You can't see it because you're blinded by your shame. It's okay to be in debt and worried. It's okay to feel lonely and lost. It's okay to feel tired of trying. You're just a human. This is how we feel a lot of the time. Your shame is forming your despair into a merciless story about your worth. Don't let it do that. Build something else from your shame instead. And then she talks about how when we're so caught up in our shame, we tend to focus on like what needs fixing in our life when in reality, nothing needs fixing. Living in reality means becoming a scientist of shame. I can look at my shame, consider it, celebrate it, treasure it. My shame builds my empathy for others. And wasn't I talking about that, you know, a couple weeks ago, Brene Brown's four ways to move through shame. I think the fourth way is empathy, whether that's sharing your feelings with someone and someone having empathy for you or as Susan Cain talks about in the book Bittersweet, you know, sorrow, shame, negative or bad feelings usually cause us to have more empathy for other people going through hard times. And then she says to this person, when you're 95 years old, looking back at 35 year old you, you're gonna be like, wow, you were so young. You had so much life ahead of you. Everything is about to get really good. And then this ends with, all you have to be is a human being, haunted. That's success. When you're a human being, life feels satisfying. Everything adds up. Every little thing matters. Look at what you have. This is where it all begins. All you have to do is open your eyes. Bro, what was I just talking about? Go deep, not wide. This author actually has a book 
It's a book of essays titled, What If This Were Enough? Um, I'm definitely interested. It's so exciting for me to learn so much about things like this, like shame, you know, the book about sorrow and longing. I feel like the more I learn about things like this, I don't want to say the easier it is to get through life, but it's it is more satisfying when I'm going through, you know, some sadness or some shame or like negative self-talk. Having the awareness that, oh, this is what that is. Oh my god, I'm just human. <laughs> it reminds me of like being by yourself looking at a sunset or like being by yourself or like maybe you're with people, you know, when you're with friends and you take a step back and you kind of like watch the moment and you're like, wow, like this is life. <laughs> or, you know, it reminds me of my Tumblr and, you know, seeing all these reblogged pictures of like people's meals and like <laughs> pictures of different things. Okay, maybe this is a little too deep, but it's almost like parts of like humanity and life and it's like, oh my God, everyone's like experiencing this. So anyway, let me know if that struck you the way it struck me. I will link it down below because there was a lot in there. It's a pretty long answer, I guess, to the advice question. So I would definitely recommend you read it. And now I'm gonna, you know, see if I can read this book of essays because that sounds right up my alley. I feel like one of the main ways to start living your life is to romanticize your life. This can look like, you know, taking a walk, watching the sunset. So little things like, oh my God, I'm at this cafe getting a coffee. You take a step back and you're like, wow, this is so aesthetic. Let me take a pic as if I'm in my Tumblr 2015 blog, you know? Lighting my candle makes me feel so chic. I love when I make my coffee in the morning and then I come in my room and I'm like lighting my candle and doing emails. Like it just feels more like this is aesthetic. This is nice. I asked you guys on Instagram, what are some ways that you romanticize your life? And I just wanted to read a few. Pretend you're in a movie. Love that. Literally, you could be like taking the train, taking the bus and like listening to some aesthetic music, pretending like you're in a movie and it like makes your day better, you know? TikTok compilation. I feel that. Like sometimes, honestly, watching those super aesthetic, like Sunday reset videos. It makes me, you know, motivated. Oh my God, this person too says having a gentle morning routine and journaling first thing with a candle and fresh coffee. Getting takeout and laying it out on a cute tray like it's room service, aesthetic. A bath, love that. Go for a scenic walk without music and just listen to the trees rustle in the wind and the birds chirp. I love that. That's one of the main things I've been doing since being back home. And I have shared this with you guys before, but I remember in, 2016, even probably 2015, like end of high school, I just remember I would like go on runs or even like walk the dog at that time. I would just imagine, you know, the life that I wanted after graduating and traveling. And I remember looking at the airplanes being like, that's gonna be me. And it was <laughs> obviously it works, okay? And we talked last week about how walking calms your amygdala, which controls your stress and anxiety. It lowers that and you get new ideas when you walk. So yes, a walk, is a great thing. So yeah, it doesn't have to be this big thing like, oh my God, I'm gonna turn my life around. Um, no, we need to do what we can with what we have today, you know? And maybe that's like one thing. Maybe that's like making one cup of coffee that's really good and just taking a moment to, I don't know, sit outside and listen to the birds or sit in your room with a candle and journal, listen to some music that you really enjoy. Taking that feeling and like expanding it every day, doing something that romanticizes your life, that makes you feel good, that makes you feel like there's hope and joy for your life. And this isn't to say like, oh my God, you should never, obviously you guys know this, but this isn't to say, oh, you should never feel bad. You need to like feel like your life is a movie all the time and always ro be romanticizing your life and feel good and delusional all the time. No, 
<laughs> when you do feel that shame or like, oh my God, I'm not where I want to be in my life, you know, oh my God, I regret so much or whatever. It's like, you need to do what you can. Again, today, start with what you have to kind of flip that around. All parts of the human experience are the human experience. You know, like sometimes we're gonna feel sad. And I think it's just about connecting with ourselves. Like instead of trying to get to this place of like, oh my God, I'm just so happy all the time. And like, <laughs> I'm so joyful. And my life is always on an upwards trajectory. It's like, I just need to be connected to myself. Sometimes that looks like crying. Sometimes that looks like going on an aesthetic walk. Sometimes that looks like having the best summer evening tell me on your national anthem, I don't know, with your friends. So let me know what helps you. I also did a list of things just to get you out of like a bad mood or just out of a funk on my IG Stellar Ray podcast. And we did also kind of talk about that last week. But yeah, I really enjoyed this article, y'all. I will link it down below if you wanna check it out. For our last topic today, I wanted to talk about Aquarius season. Aquarius season starts on January 20th, which is tomorrow as of this episode going live. So we are out of Capricorn season. How was y'all's Capricorn season? Aquarius is an air sign and it is very, I don't want to say opposite of Capricorn, but definitely very different than Capricorn. Capricorn is a sign of almost like tradition, you know, and it's like the father of the Zodiac. So it's very almost like strict. Capricorns are strict, you know, they're, they're like about their money working to the top. And I love that energy for like the end of the year, beginning of the year. I think it really comes at the perfect time. So Aquarius is definitely, and probably some of you already know this, let me know if you are an Aquarius or if you have ever dated an Aquarius, what was that like for you and what's your sign? It's quirky, it's eccentric. Aquarians are inspired by the visionary future of a better world. So it's way more futuristic, you know, whereas Capricorn is very tradition, old structures, old power structures. Get ready to bring more originality, reformation, freedom, and weirdness into your life. Aquarius is also the polar opposite of Leo. So while Leo is very much about the self, Aquarius is very much about everyone, like not others, but like the community at large. So personally, as a Leo, I feel like I get along with Aquariuses, but I just, y'all, I've told you this before, because I have so much earth in my chart, my chart is literally over 60% earth, even though I'm a Leo. I just feel like air signs in general, depending on the rest of their chart, of course, I'm never like, oh my God, like I love an air sign so much. I really like water signs. I literally have like 9% or less air in my chart. So they're just not very relatable to me. I'm not gonna say I have beef. This astrological weather is ideal for brainstorming, practicing non-attachment, and connecting to the higher vision for your life. It is also an Aquarius new moon on Saturday the 21st, so great time to manifest. Also Mercury went out of retrograde yesterday on the 18th. So it's still the shadow period technically for a couple weeks, but it's basically over y'all. And I actually heard that after, especially after this Mercury retrograde, these next couple months are gonna be just really good astrologically speaking and like very much getting us back on track. So that is honestly something to look forward to. I feel like Aquarius season also comes at the right time. I feel like, I honestly feel that about every astrological season. You know, we need seasons. We need the strict Capricorn season to get shit done. And then we have Aquarius season. It's a little more fun, a little more social, a little more like, oh, I'm thinking about the future. You know, I want to try something new. And then we have Pisces season and we can just like be delusional for a month, which that is like great. So again, let me know if you're an Aquarius. How does it feel? If you're an Aquarius, what are your favorite signs? And if you've ever dated an Aquarius or maybe had a friend that's an Aquarius, what was your thoughts and what is your sign? That's going to be all I talk about today. So I hope this episode was helpful. All the resources, links, 
articles referenced, books referenced will be linked down below. Don't forget to share this on your story. Follow the new IG at Stellar Ray Podcast, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone.